The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Hour three on a Friday here on the Swain Event. Hour three. Powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Reinventing men's health care. Tennessee. Ole Miss. The battle of the number ones. Starting today. The big difference between this team this year and team last year. We know this team can hit home runs. No difference there besides the fact that we hit more now than anybody else in the country, but the pitching has been significantly better. And this is without, without Blade Tidwell. SEC play, you're right in the thick of it. Man, when can we expect Blade Tidwell back, man? When, when, when can we expect him back? He ready, he ready to go? He tired of all of his teammates having fun? He want to have some fun too? He's about ready to go. He is about as close as you can be without getting the the signature from the doc, if if that makes sense. I I I would I wouldn't expect him this weekend, but I wouldn't close the door on it either. I I would not be surprised if he makes an appearance this weekend. I'm not expecting him to make an appearance, but I would not be surprised if he did. I hope that makes sense. I, I think next week Mississippi? Is, is more realistic. Did Mississippi try to recruit him something? Is talking about to be petty like he was <laughs> you know, last series? No, not, nothing like that. I, I just think that Blade's ready to be back. Seth Alverson ready to be back. Blade, uh, or not Blade, but Tony, when meeting with the media, yesterday was asked about Blade Tidwell and Seth Halverson and said that both are in his face constantly uh, about wanting to be back. They they are ready to be back. This was Tony's full quote. It would be long toss, stretch it out, bullpen first, face our hitters first, and then pitch in some sort of game. Uh, so that that's kind of what they're going off. Long toss, which is basically warming up. You, you see the guys warming up before the game, not throwing too far away from each other. Long toss is really extending the distance that you're throwing. So if, if one guy's on the foul line, then the pitcher being all the way out in center field at like the warning track, like long toss, you're tossing it a long way, pretty self-explanatory. And then you, you stretch it out a little bit more, and then you get into a bullpen, if not a couple of bullpens, and then you face hitters, and then in some sort of, of game. I don't know if Tony's referring to an actual game or if it, if it's a scrimmage type of game mm-hmm. within the team. Um, but that was what he said. Both guys are literally in my face about, I don't need to be babied when it's back. I want to be in the fire. That's a literal quote. Tony Vitello said that that's a literal quote, not me saying that that's a literal quote. Uh, Tony Vitello said that a literal quote from Blade and Seth is I don't need to be babied. I want to be in the fire. So I, I think it's just Blade just chomping at the bits oh, he ready. To, to get back. He's tired of seeing his teammates have fun he and, ready. and him being on the sideline. So, again, I, I think next weekend against Vanderbilt is is the most likely. Not 100% sure he'll he'll be back for, for Vandy. I mean, if, if they feel the need to hold him out another weekend, they will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think next weekend is most likely. But I wouldn't shut the door – on him making an appearance this weekend. It, it it would not surprise me, though I do not expect it. I, I think things are, are really progressing well. I mentioned last Monday, two weeks ago, uh, the Monday after the SEC basketball tournament, that it was a possibility we could see him against Ole Miss. It, it remains a possibility. I, I had felt less confident about that earlier in the week um, because of – what I had heard about his bullpen last week. Not not that anything went wrong, but his his velo didn't 
sound like it was at a good spot. But that was because of him not giving Max effort. It wasn't because his arm was bothering him, and, and that's why I was a little less confident. But that didn't seem to be an issue like I thought it may. So we may see Blake Tidwell this weekend. And then Seth Halverson isn't too far behind him. Poor kid. His arm snaps while he's throwing a bullpen in January, December, January. Just, I mean, snaps, fractured arm, which is cringeworthy. I, I really cannot is. imagine being in, in the facility watching that happen. That would, ooh, that would be nasty to watch. Coming back, about to be back, and then he has to have his wisdom teeth pulled. So, Seth Alvarez. It must have been bad. The fractured arm? Well, the, the, the wisdom teeth. Yeah, well, I mean, it just kind of set him back a couple of days. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Just unfortunate luck there. Yeah, I guess you're saying it must have been bad to have them pulled in the season. Yeah, I mean, like, gotcha. Something that maybe you can wait. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not an expertise in in the wisdom teeth. Did you ever have yours pulled? Yeah, I had mine. Yeah, I had surgery on mine. You take funny videos. Well, they didn't have um, video phones back in the day. Back in 1977. Yeah, so um, I I do remember. Being on the Laffy gas and how old were you? Uh I forgot. Sounds I, like you were in high school or so. No, it wasn't, it wasn't high school. It was before then. But, oh wow! Yeah, I, I remember. It was it was annoying, man. Having to, like use just syringe just to like clean what? out your where they, you know where the holes were, uh, the holes were with the wisdom teeth being you know taken out. It was it was annoying. So. But yeah, I got him taken out a long time ago. Luckily, at least the last time my dentist took a look, I did not have any wisdom teeth, which explains a lot about me. I do admit, but well, you don't have any wisdom. Exactly. I mean, it, it makes sense that I don't have any wisdom teeth. Wisdom so, teeth are for smart people. Exactly. That this is why I I struggled. Chip Payne said earlier that the best thing you ever did was get away from me because I. I bring down your show on a daily basis, so <laughs> I, I don't know why you would want to work with somebody who lacks wisdom. So I'm, I'm glad you're moving on to somebody who does have wisdom. Well, I guess we don't know if he has wisdom. Did, did you, did you ask him in, in the uh, interview process whether he had had his wisdom teeth pulled or not? Because that, that's very telling as to who you'll be working with and, just, and whether they have wisdom I just figured that Josh got a bunch of gray hair that he's pretty, pretty smart. Fair enough. But to, to conclude the Blake Tidwell conversation – Tony said Blade through this morning, a.k.a. referring to yesterday morning, and he's not very far off at all from being able to see game action. Seth was ahead of him, but has had a couple of setbacks, the the main one being his wisdom teeth being pulled, so missed a few days of throwing there, but he won't be far behind Blade. I don't think so, and uh, I I haven't heard of an, an updated timeline on Halverson, but that Monday that I referenced when I said it was possible that Blade could throw this weekend I had heard Vandy for Halverson so Blade against Ole Miss possibly Halverson against Vandy we'll see what ends up playing out um, maybe Halverson's against his old team that'd be funny if if he makes his Tennessee de- Tennessee debut against Missouri the team that he transferred from that would be pretty funny oh, but I'm that oh you know he gonna play against Missouri he'll uh, yes. you know he gonna play against Missouri now. You well, know Tony Vitello's going to put him out there. Yeah, remember, y'all could have hired me. Remember, remember, you could have hired me. I only played for you for this program, but you ain't going to hire me? All right, we won't clap, clap them cheeks like Josh Heupel <laughs> clapped them earlier or uh, later last year. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, not only do you have the whole uh, Missouri decided not to hire Tony V to be head coach, and Tony's from St. Louis, from Missouri, grew up watching Missouri athletics. You have that aspect of it. But, but then also, it's been told to me that Seth Halverson has a little bit of craziness to him and, and get after you, uh, a little Drew Gilbert. I like it. A lot of Drew Gilbert to him, that he's a maniac. So uh, you have the Tony Vitello aspect of it, but then Seth Halverson's also going to want to pitch against his his old team and, and get at him. So I, I'm fascinated to just see how – Tony and Frank Anderson, the pitching coach, manages this situation because Chase Burns, Chase Dolander, Drew Beam, none of them really deserve to come out of the rotation. And from the start, Blade and Halverson will will 
more than likely be coming out of the bullpen, especially with Blade. Halverson mm-hmm. was always going to be a bullpen arm, so that's mm-hmm. not even really a conversation. But Blade, I think he'll start at an inning and then, you know, work from there. But I don't like if if I don't know if we've reached a certain certain point in the season to where Blade will just continue to come out of the bullpen. But if if they have intentions of getting him back in the rotation, you're not taking Chase Burns out. That that's a fact. So do you take Chase Dolander out, who leads the SEC in strikeouts, or Drew Beam, who's in the race for SEC Freshman of the Year? So I I don't know. Good problem to world. have. Yes, great problem to have. Good problem to have if you are Tony Vitello, best recruiter in collegiate athletics in the country. Spot the lie. I see no lies spotted. By the way, uh, quick prediction for the weekend. I think Tennessee takes two or three. I think Tennessee takes two or three. And to give a general synopsis of why I feel that way, uh, a brief reasoning, if you want a more detailed reasoning, go in Swain's podcast feed, find the Diamond Balls podcast from Wednesday. Eric and I break down the game more in depth, break down the series more in depth there, but just a, a general synopsis. Ole Miss has one of the best lineups in the country. And Tennessee also has one of the best lineups in the country. The difference, I think, will be that, in my opinion, Tennessee has more arms that can be thrown against Ole Miss's lineup that could potentially limit Ole Miss's great lineup. Whereas, on paper, I don't see a lot of great Ole Miss arms that theoretically will be able to slow down Tennessee's lineup. Ole Miss's bullpen really got hit hard last weekend against Auburn. Uh, Their starting pitcher, really only one of them's been good so far this season, and, and that's their their guy that's going to be pitching tonight. He's a transfer from Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. The Islanders, as we learned a couple of weeks ago. The Islanders, yep. It's a, it's, it's a real island. Yeah, so he'll be pitching tonight, and he's a lefty, so he, he should be pretty good. He has an ERA under three. Uh, tomorrow night, they're, they're throwing a guy, Derek Diamond, which is an awesome That's name. a great wrestler's name. Yes, absolutely. But he, he's got an ERA over five, and, and he gives up a lot of hits. Um, so, And then their, their third starter is in question. So, um, And I don't think the atmosphere is going to be an issue for Tennessee. I don't. I, I think Tennessee is going to be able to handle the atmosphere fine. I would be very surprised, like I said earlier, if the, ish, if the atmosphere rattles Tennessee. I would be very surprised if – Drew Gilbert and Evan Russell and Revit Walsh and Luke Lipsius are, are phased by the atmosphere. So I do think Tennessee wins this weekend because I think they have more arms that can compete against that Ole Miss lineup than Ole Miss has arms that can compete against the Tennessee lineup. So you mean tell me that swing, batter, bat, swing, batter, bat, swing, batter, bat, swing, that won't affect them? The old school heckling of the, of the youth ballparks? No, I, I don't think so. And Jordan Beck's going to catch absolute hell. I've I've detailed the student section out there in right field. It, it's going to be deep out there. There's going to be a whole lot of students who will be intoxicated. First pitch is 7.30 Eastern tonight. First pitch tomorrow night is at 8 Eastern. It, it's going to be a late night. They'll be drinking all day. Oxford, when, when everybody's on campus, Ole Miss, it, there's going to be a lot of intoxicated students there. So, and what else is uh, there to do in Oxford? That, that as well. That as well. Um, so, Jordan Beck, he's going to catch hell out there in right field. Luke Lipschitz at first, he's going to catch it. Trey Lipscomb at third, he's going to catch it. Whoever's out in left field, but they, they won't be faced. Drew, Drew Gilbert might try to jump over the fence and go fight somebody. Drew Gilbert's going to treat an Ole Miss fan the way that, uh, Devin Booker treated a heckler <laughs> a couple, couple nights ago when he was dribbling up the court. You don't know what I'm saying. You have to, you have to Google it. Look it up. Look it. Up, look it up on Twitter. Uh, let's get to Turkey Man. Turkey Man. Good morning. Good morning, individuals. Good morning, sir. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I was going to ask me a question too about baseball. There, if you don't care, go for it. Hey, hey, man. Yes, sir. Uh, what does Tony do as far as working? Uh, he's on scrimmage. I don't think he would scrimmage too much, but he. I think it probably works in uh, scenarios, uh, situations uh, possible. But what does he do in that regard? Do, do the, you know, when the season gets started, how, how, does he, how does he do that? 
and what 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 kind of situation situations are you referring to? Well, for instance, you're talking about uh, the the throwdown, the the hole in the runner. That's a that's a weak uh, point for, apparently right now. Uh, that's a that's a situation, a scenario to try to work on in practice to try to build uh, that, make it stronger. Yeah, they. Uh... I mean, most of those things are handled in the fall. Uh, they, they go over those things in depth in the in the fall and then hit on them in the preseason when they return from Christmas break. And then they play 60 games, three on the weekend. Uh, they, they typically take Monday off, if I'm not mistaken, uh, unless he's changed that recently. They come back and, and they play on Tuesday and then uh, Wednesday – Thursday is is light practice, so uh, they they handle those situations in in the fall and, and then brush up on them uh, throughout the season if need be. As I'm sure you know, you obviously coach baseball. If if your team if if base running is an issue this weekend, they're going to come back next week to Lindsey Nelson and, and work on base running uh, before going to Vandy. Or or if the cutoff man is an issue this weekend, they'll come back and, and work on it. So. Most of those things are, are done prior to the season, and then they'll brush up on them as as they go. On the question, the, the what you said about uh, the pitcher returning, didn't know if that being in a uh, scrimmage during practice, or or. Uh, but I was thinking, well, they probably wouldn't do much scrimmage in practice because they'd probably be working individual situations. Right. Well, what I think that would look like, Turkey Man, is like there are guys on Tennessee's roster who are maybe redshirting or or the guys who aren't getting as many at bats in a game. They'll they'll set up a a, a time at some point during the day of like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have pitchers throw to live hitters at four o'clock today, and and then Blade would throw against guys that are redshirting or or aren't getting in-game at-bats, and that would be kind of a, a mock game, I guess you could say. Uh, the, other, the other question I was going to ask you uh, has got to do with a left, left-handed left uh, batter and a left-handed uh, catcher. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a left-handed catcher? Uh, not, no. Not 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 at, at, at a not at a level. Not at not in college or professional level. I probably never no. will. Well, the the thing that was, the reason I was saying that is as you as you know why. I mean, we but mainly everybody bats right handed, or but that's kind of changed. I was going to, next question I want to ask you: How many do we have that that bat left handed or switch switch hit? Uh, I would have to look at the roster, and I appreciate the questions, Turkey Man. Hope you have a great weekend. I don't think that there's any switch hitters on the team off the top of my head. And they have, I would say, upwards of seven or so lefty batters. I, I, don't, I just don't know the exact number off the top of my head. They have Drew Gilbert, who bats lefties, one. Christian Scott, two. Ryan Miller, who's redshirting, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine lefty bats. Just skimming through the roster real quick, and nobody that that hits switch handed. Nobody who is a switch hitter, I should say. Thanks for educating us, Ben. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Bulldog Brian says Mercer's number two in the nation for home runs. Behind the Vols. Hopefully the, the backs are, those bats are cracking starting today and through the weekend. Uh, I did see what Mar- Mar- Marlin. Morgan Wallen bodied Lane on Twitter from VFL99 on text box. Which I, I think, what was he saying that Hypo could use like a quality control coach or a quality offensive coordinator because Tennessee already has a, a quality 
offensive coordinator. So I think Morgan accidentally threw Alex Golish under the bus. Because he we need, I, we need the quality control. Exactly. And I hope that's what uh Morgan meant. But he said quality OC. Hypo already has a quality OC. So I, I think he accidentally like I appreciate it because he was saying that Lane should be an OC. Well he he's in too big of a role. Go Go's already told him no, so that that is true. And uh Brent Hubbs and, and Volquest crew had some notes on on Alex Golish not being one of the least paid SEC offensive coordinators here in the near future. On no longer being one of the least paid SEC OCs here in the near future. You, you've seen a lot of extensions lately. Rick Barnes yesterday, as we discussed, uh, two days ago, I think it was, Brian Pinsky, the soccer coach who has been terrific. Mm-hmm. He got an extension. Uh, Eve Rackham, the volleyball coach, she got a extension. Tony Vitello got one after, after oh, Omaha. Of course he got one. And, uh, you know, to me – it, it, it's a little bit weird that folks were upset that that football coaches who went seven and six didn't get a raise or an extension, but had a a problem with coach who won an SEC title for the first time in forty three years got a one year extension. I, I think that's a little weird, but I, I do think you'll see some assistance announced for raises and extensions here soon. Boy, that makes no sense to me. Like, I, I realize that Tennessee overachieved in year one under Heupel. I, I recognize that. I really do. And Alex Golis should be getting paid more than he is. I recognize that. But it's also, to me, a little bit weird that why are we clamoring so hard for coaches after one year who went seven and six, even if they did overexceed expectations, getting – raises and extensions well especially when you're trying to compare it to the coach who just won an sec title for the first time in 43 years am i am i crazy for that no you're not crazy i mean if 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 you look at that way i think it's it's pretty 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 fair way to look at it i mean if you give a coach a extension after every single year well, I mean, what's the incentive to? I mean, you gotta you gotta go do something to get a raise, and I know hypo exceeded expectations, but my goodness, he just got here, he just got here, and this all this conversation always is uncomfortable because I don't really count people's money. I don't, I, they can come out of my pocket, so I don't really care. Go get your money. If somebody want to pay you, and they willing to pay you, then cool, man. That means you're worth it. If somebody's willing to pay you, go go get it. This you know this time of year is NFL free agency, and everyone has all these takes about other folks' pockets. And I just I'm like, hey man, if the Dolphins want to pay Christian Kurt, or excuse me, the Jaguars want to play Christian Kurt, and and they think he's worth that money, then cool. If Tennessee wants to go give an extension to a assistant coach and pay him a lot of money, you know, cool. If he did it, if he did a good job. But if you do a bad job and you get an extension, then okay, now we got we got some issues. But hey, if the coach did a good job and school wants to take care of you, I'm I'm all for it. Let's go. Let's go back to the phones. We got a uh, Boston. Boston, good morning. What's up, boys? What's up? What's up? Why would anybody have a problem with Rick Barnes getting an extension? The man just won the SEC tournament. Dude, it's a it's an it's a it's a narrative that some folks have to maintain and pride will get in the way because they had a hot take about Rick Barnes that was proven wrong and you know they I guess they want to keep keep it going. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, remember the discussion we had a little while back about whether or not the season was a success? Mm-hmm. And uh, the the expectation was a Sweet 16. To, to I said me mm-hmm. that success would be the Elite Eight, or if we won the SEC tournament. To me, it was a success, so he deserves an extension. This isn't like you know 
well, we want to make sure the coach is still around so he can recruit, so we'll give him an extension for recruiting purposes. No, Barnes actually did something. Yep. Yep, I'm with you. It it just all goes back to the NCAA tournament conversation that people think is is black and white. Um, And for the millionth time, I I get it that Rick has been underwhelming in in his four tournaments at at Tennessee. But like I continue to say, I also think that there's circumstances and context to two of the four losses. Like, I'm sorry. I don't blame Rick for the Purdue loss or the Michigan loss. I'm not mad at him for those losses. I'm, I'm mad at him for Oregon State. A little less mad about the Loyola loss. But I think there's context to Purdue and, and Michigan. That was a coin flip. Both teams played great games in those games, and it's the NCAA tournament. You think Kentucky football will get mad at Stoops at some point for winning seven games and trying to run him out of town? At some point, yes. Seven or eight games. <laughs> at some point. When? Yeah. Do you, do you it happens that? everywhere. Do you see that in the near future? Everywhere. Yes. It, things get stale. They are happy as all get out in, in Lexington. And Stoops says, you know, ain't like he just got there. He's been there for a while. They were mad at him this year for not winning the East. They can be mad all they want to. I'm talking about, like, fans can – little pockets of fans can say what they want to say, but – Administration is one thousand percent behind him. They gave him, a, you know, they no, gave that, him a raise, that, more money. Yeah. Like he ain't like the, the administration is happy with him. Yeah, but they feel bad. They lost to Tennessee. I, I know <laughs> they they do feel bad, and and you do have pockets of fans who are going to say what they're going to say. But Stoops hasn't left because he's in paradise. Like the expectations are. Seven, eight wins because they historically are not nine to ten win type of pro, uh, program, and eventually that bar will will raise. But right now, that's where it is. I look at Tennessee basketball kind of the same way. Is folks over here acting like we got a history like UCLA or Duke or North Carolina that it's just unacceptable to to go to a tournament every single year? And how dare you, you know? get to the tournament every single year and 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 lose uh, a little bit early. Like, I would understand it a lot more if there was a a bar that was set for decades and decades. And I know people don't want to hear that. I know people like to say, well, you always compete. You always you know, strive for greatness and want to be the best. I get that, understand that, totally agree. But what... Barnes is doing in Tennessee in basketball is kind of what I see Stoops doing in football. Now, I will say, and sorry to cut you off. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done, man. Well, I was, I'm taking over Volstom's call, and I apologize. I know he'll forgive me. But to, to your point, they won 10 games this year. So he turns around and wins seven or eight this year. I think that there will be a, a segment of that Kentucky fan base mad at Stoops because they return all this – stuff on offense, all this stuff on defense and new hires or whatever after one left for the Rams. Like th- there will be a segment of the Kentucky football fan base that is disappointed in Kentucky going seven or eight or mad at Stoops for going seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Like there is the segment of, of Tennessee's basketball fan base that is just routinely pissed off at, the, at there, Rick Barnes. There's always going to be a, yep. a, a loud minority. And that's yeah, where it is. Get on with that. It's a loud because minority. It's- it's just like with Tennessee basketball, you know, people don't remember the uh, the late 80s and 90s when, you know, we if we got into the tournament, we were thrilled. Absolutely thrilled just to just to make it in, just to just to even get to a playoff, you know, a play-in game would be a thrill back then. Whereas now getting into tournament is the expectation. Same thing is happening with Kentucky football. They they expect we have to have at least seven or eight wins, and if we don't get up to nine or ten, it's a disappointment. But you know, Kentucky is lost personnel-wise. Kentucky's lost quite a bit. They're not going to be the same team next year they were last year. I, I would say Kentucky would be thrilled to get to a bowl game. Now I think it's expected for them to get to a bowl game. Yes. Yes. It's the expectation up there. And, you know, Stoops has done a good job, but 
Kentucky's never going to be that that upper level. They're just they're just not. And their they're, expectations they're should change where they are. Yeah, absolutely. Just like it did with when Rick. Pro- yep. And Tony. Tony's got new expectations. Yes, Bruce Pearl changed the ex- expectations for Tennessee basketball. Yeah. And Rick Barnes has done a a good job of maintain the expectations we had from him you know not so much with Tyndall and Conzo but with between Pearl and Barnes the expectations have completely changed towards this program like it is okay for some constructive criticism or to be upset that you lost right like that's that's totally fine like it's okay if if being and I start arguing where you cross the line is when someone throws a punch like the line being crossed ears when folks talking about trying to replace Rick Barnes like that, it's like it's like oh, whoa, 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 whoa. now we doing too much. Mm-hmm. That's 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 where I stand because earlier this season I had my criticisms of post play and the evaluation of the post players, and then it didn't become much of an issue because the guard play became so much better, and then we learned how to play to our strengths, and we were winning games. But like I had my own criticisms. Uh, based on what was going on offensively and what we were not getting out our post players. But that's fine. You know, just like the small pocket of Kentucky fans who are upset that Kentucky didn't do more with 10 wins, that's fine. But we, when you start talking about replacing Mark Stoops, that's when you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who else? Who are you going to get that's better than Mark Stoops in Kentucky? Who, who else are you going to get better right now that's better than Who's Rick Barnes in Tennessee? Who would go to Kentucky? Who would go to Kentucky? My buddy John Summerall, who's the coach at Troy, uh, Troy head coach, he, he'll go there and snap a finger. I mean, I, I ball's thrown well, by. yeah, because he wants to check. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. his, that's his old school, but I get what you're saying. I, yeah, ball I get what you're saying, and I know Kentucky's a rival. And, look, I hate Kentucky, and I, I know we're not supposed to say what I'm about to say, but it's not like Kentucky doesn't have the resources to, to be competitive. They, they No, they put it into basketball. Yes, but that you're correct. But as as we have seen with Tony Vitello, you, you get somebody in there that fans adore, you start winning at a high level, and and all of a sudden that program starts to get more resources. And like Kentucky's a state university, they they have the resources to put into football if they want to, just like just like baseball. Since he has the resources to put in to baseball if they want to, and Tony Vitello, his personality, his winning has really gotten a lot of people on board, a lot of prominent boosters and, and prominent people throughout the state. So I know we like to joke on Kentucky football, but if Mark Stoops wanted to, like he could he could stay there and, and really build Kentucky into to something. Not national title contender, but I think a no. team that can compete to win the SEC East. Because again, they have the resources. They've just they've always neglected football because of basketball. Yeah, but is Kentucky football gonna have the same resources as Georgia or even Tennessee? They no, probably not. They do. They just choose no. to use the basketball, right? And, and see that what Swain just said is kind of what I'm saying is they have the resources. They just choose not to tap into them. They use, they use it. They use it mostly in basketball. It's they not, use more not, right. football, right? It's not the, like right. Vanderbilt or or Carolina or Missouri to where those schools just don't have the resources. You know, it's it. <laughs> Kentucky football has got that history of they gave. Was it? They gave Adolph up a Cadillac and gave Bear Bryant a, a <laughs> gold plate cigar lighter or something. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know, that that's a, that is the that is Kentucky sports in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, but but my point is like if you reverse it and do the same thing for Tennessee with football, basketball, like basketball arena was upgraded in the last twenty years, and you look at the the the, the the big time donor boxes up there now and the renovations done to the basketball arena, Kentucky football went through renovations with their stadium to make it, you know, more appealing to show people that we, we take Kentucky football serious. So I think both schools have the resources. There's millionaires at Tennessee, there's millionaires, Kentucky, but they just for so long poured into basketball. And for so long here, we poured into to football. Now we're seeing you can win in other sports and, I think those resources are being spread in other sports. So I think there's some parallels. It's not identical, but there's some parallels between Kentucky uh, football and Tennessee basketball. Oh, just wait till this conversation about Barnes 
shifts towards Tony Vitello. Ah, uh, he's one of the highest paid coaches in the <laughs> SEC. He was ranked number one earlier this season, and and we didn't win a single Omaha game. It, yeah. look, it'll start happening. Oh, Expectations shift. Expectations shift. They did for Rick. They have for Tony. They will for Heupel. They they will for for Kelly. Like everybody's even with the Lady Vols, everybody's okay because they most people understand the, the circumstances of the season. Everybody's mostly okay with the Lady Vols being in the Sweet Sixteen. But like going forward, like people aren't going to be happy with just getting to the Sweet Sixteen. No, because uh, the more success she achieves, the more people want. Yes, as it should be. Like I I, I get it. You yeah. establish that you can that you're capable of doing something, you should strive to, to meet those expectations every single year. That's in every walk of life, in my opinion. Absolutely. Hey, guys, before I go, Ben, you keep eating those late-night Thin Mints. You're going to have the same profile as your wife. See you, boys! <laughs> Which is weird because I thought you were going to say have the same profile as you. Mm, you ain't right. He started it. You did finish it, though. You finished it. You did that. 865 one more break for the week. And it's the weekend, folks. Tennessee Ole Miss today. Ben called it. Two dubs out of three. I'm rolling with Ben on that one, too. Let's go. The real number one team. Swain event. Hour three of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Voted best barbecue in City View Magazine and a top 100 barbecue restaurant in the country, Dead End is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering and local delivery with Valet Gourmet. That's right, you can have Dead End brought to you. Can't think of the spread for your next event? Get Dead End to cater it. Check them out online, deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com. Or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street. Brand. Strategy. Design. 
Good morning, Swain Event crew. The new year is here and it's the 2022 East Tennessee real estate season. As I always do, I'm going to shoot straight with you. If you have a home to sell, then you need to give me a call ASAP. Inventory is low and I will get you the most money possible and more than you think trying to sell it on your own. If you are a seller that also needs to buy a home, you need to call me ASAP as there are ways I can help you manage that situation and stay in your home until we find what you want. If you are looking to buy, you need to call me ASAP. You absolutely need someone on your side to help navigate the current waters, and you need someone that's going to do their homework and find homes that aren't on the market yet. Bottom line, you need to call me today ASAP. Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897. If you are buying, selling, or considering investing in real estate this year, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon, and go Vols! Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the MN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. All right, let's get to the Irish Networks hotline. Let's bring in Jay. Jay, good morning, sir. Blaine, Ben, good morning, guys. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Hey, uh, what what do y'all? Uh, I, I was listening to Ro- or uh, to Ben's work colleagues on the VolQuest podcast. There, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, oh, they were talking about the. Um, Adidas and the NIL stuff, getting in the NIL game and these shoe companies getting in the NIL game. You know, Rob Rob was saying, Ben, that he believed, uh, you know, this isn't going to hurt Tennessee. It's probably going to benefit them because of kind of the exposure you can get at Tennessee with social media and the fan base and, you know, Tennessee being kind of top ten in, in the country with apparel sales and things like that. But are we just going to start seeing these, Apparel companies, I know it's already pretty much happening in basketball, but are we just going to see the apparel companies say, hey, uh, top-rated quarterbacks, if we do an NIL deal with you, we want you to go to Alabama or Oregon. I mean, is it going to be something like that? Or what, what do y'all see this being? Um, I don't think it's going to be like it was with basketball and how that became a problem because most – most of the schools that Tennessee compete, competes with is Nike. A and M is Adidas. You know, Adidas did. Uh, I don't know if they announced it, but it was mentioned that Adidas has entered the NIL game and is going to, you know, pay their select athletes up to fifty thousand um, dollars. I think that for the moment helps Texas A and M, but. What if Nike does the same thing? Now evens the playing field back out. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to hurt Tennessee really either when it come when it comes to that. Like, what's fifty thousand dollars? That ain't that ain't nothing. Mm. <laughs> it sounds mm-hmm. crazy, right? But like that's mm-hmm. when we got we got dudes on our team that they got an NIL deal fifty fifty thousand. Like and, it's nothing. 
and they they ain't done all that much. Mm. Wow. I don't think it'll be as big of a deal as Twitter made it out to be when it was announced. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm being naive and maybe I need to educate myself some more. No, Ben, Twitter never overreacts. (laughs) Well, I'm not even referencing the Twitter aspect. I'm just talking in general. I just don't. Like, does Adidas and, and Nike and Under Armour really need to have mm-hmm. the these athletes advertising for them? Especially Nike. Like, there's so many Nike schools. I mean, now, the one thing that would worry me is, and we've said this all along since NIL was announced, right? We had conversations about this back in, in the summer about Oregon and Nike. I, I mean, that, that would be the one that worries me the most. Isn't mm-hmm. the Under Armour guy from Maryland or something? Maryland, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Maryland guy. Yeah, so so maybe something happens there as well. That that that's what worries me more about, or worries me more than you know Tennessee benefiting from Nike. I I would be surprised if if Tennessee all of a sudden is benefiting on the recruiting trail because Nike is giving out nil deals to its recruits. I I just don't see that happening un, unless I think where it will help Tennessee is if, like a Peyton Manning, if NIL was around and, and he's looking to come back to school for another year. Like, you can make some Nike commercials off of senior in college Peyton Manning, and, and that could mm-hmm. really entice him to come back to school even more so than it than he already was enticed to come back to school. I, I think that's where it could pay off the most. I, I don't see how it will help with recruiting, but maybe I'm just not educated enough. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. You know, what would would Nike, uh, uh, like, have some preferential school even between their own Nike schools? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, they'd rather Nike uh, go to a Nike school over an Adidas school, but like, would they even try to push a recruit to certain Nike schools? Which would, you know, I think could ruffle some feathers for sure. But, I think it will. If, if you're yeah. Nike, you want you want a guy you're paying. You want to you wanted to go to Alabama or Vanderbilt? That's Both what, the Nike schools. You wanted to go to Bama or, or Vandy? The brand Nike yep. is too much. Is too big for NIL game. Like they're too big to be worried about little small NIL deals. I mean, mm-hmm. remember Adidas is trying to catch them. They don't mm-hmm. have to do the same thing that Adidas is going to do. So, hey, Swan. yeah, go ahead. It's why when you. It's why when you go to an Adidas school, you get more gear, man. Mm-hmm. Adidas overgives. They, yeah, they <laughs> got to overcompensate because yeah. everyone likes Nike better. The players like Nike better. The recruits like Nike better. So just because Adidas made their move with the NIL <laughs> game doesn't mean that Nike needs to do it. And uh, I don't think it's going to move the needle all that much, to be, to be honest. Well, I'm going to be interested with these basketball players like Bronny James and these kids who have huge – social media followings, what their NIL is. People are freaking out. Maybe Nico got $8 million, maybe not. Who knows? Nobody knows. He, but, he, his contract, you know, may or may not be that, but he ain't – like, people are automatically saying that he's getting $8 million. Like, he's he's not getting that no all that money up front, whether yeah. or not that contract is, you know, accurate or not. Like, there's a multi-year plan – that if he right. does this, he can get this, and if he doesn't, he won't. So everyone's just assuming that he just got an eight million dollar check based right. on here. You know, and you know what? If we didn't do it, one of our rivals would. Yep, and will so, with Arch Manning. Absolutely, absolutely. You don't think? I mean, if if Alabama gets uh, Arch, you don't think Georgia, you know, being left out in the cold wouldn't give that same deal to Nico? You, you, they absolutely would. So well, the most I've heard was, you know, school willing to do like three for someone like Arch. A a single year, or surely for Arch, not over the Alabama ain't paying Alabama ain't paying you until you do something. Which I I, I kind of like that a lot. Yeah, like like Bryce Young since he's just made, not in that spot. <laughs> like Bryce Young, who won the Heisman, like he made some 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 cash and probably is the the highest paid guy on on the team, but Alabama don't have to pay guys, you know, NIL deals before they get there. They'll give mm-hmm. you maybe some money on the table. I mean, that's been going on for you know hundreds of years in college football, right? But like, 
this this thought of of giving someone that type of money before they even do anything and making it a part of the NIL, I mean, they not they don't have to do that. It, do y'all think that Manning kid is getting some hype because of his last name? Hard to believe that's, that's the name doesn't have something to do with it, but he is good. He was really he, good. He's a he's a stud, but I, I'm sure it's a little. It can't not be yeah, a little bit of the name. But the the quarterback evaluator evaluators say that he's good. And here's the other thing: Nick Saban doesn't care about the last name. If he didn't think Arch Manning was good, he wouldn't right. be going after him. Oh, I know he's good. I I, I just think you know. He's not taller than Nico. I don't think he has a stronger arm than probably Nico does. I don't know if he's more athletic than Nico is. I know he's got some mobility. He's not. He's not Peyton in that regard. But I, I just think uh, you know. I, I don't know. I just wonder what he does because he's. I mean, he's got like a daggum hundred rating on these recruiting services. I'm wondering what what does what do they think this guy does better than than Nico or the kid from Southern California, but. That, that's what I was wondering. I think but. part of it, uh, of the difference, and I'm not a quarterback evaluator, but it seems like with Nico, there's there's more ceiling there, uh-huh. whereas maybe the floor with Arch is higher. It, it, it Arch seems, is more polished. Yes. He's, he's more college-ready from a quarterback standpoint, whereas Nico should pretty much be college-ready, but he's not as developed or as polished. I think the way you said it is, is – real good way of saying it well guys uh y'all have a good weekend last week's next so it's the next week's the last week right next week so. is the last full week correct last full week uh, of the program so uh, nice knowing you swing we'll rock it out we'll rock it out and um do our thing but until until then we got a couple seconds left in the program uh tennessee old miss Got Lady Vols this weekend. Chance to go to the Elite Eight, going up and playing Louisville. Um, Louisville. Got some some prospects that'll be on campus, uh, mainly Brew McCoy. So there's a lot of things going on this weekend like there has been over the last couple weekends. And most of it, if not all of it, has been positive. So let's get it. Let's get it. Let's have a great weekend. Monday, we'll be back to talk about it all. And um, hopefully we are talking about a sweep of Ole Miss. But I, 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 I can handle a series win. I want the sweep, though. It's all about the series win. I want the sweep. But it I, is about the I series win, too. no doubt. I do, too. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt about it. So uh, a lot of positive momentum for, for Tennessee. Uh, we thank you for making the sweat event part of your morning this week. And uh, we'll do it next week as well. Hour 3, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com reinventing men's healthcare. Locations all across Tennessee, Nashville, Chattanooga, Tri-Cities, Knoxville. The location right here in Knoxville, their telephone number is 865-392-1388. Starts with your comprehensive health assessment. Gentlemen, get those levels checked. Let Low T Center put a plan in place for you so you can feel like you again. Go with a provider that you trust, LowTCenter.com. Again, reinventing men's health care. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Sway. Hope y'all have a great weekend. Peace and love. We are out.